0: On this episode of This is Game Boy Light, what better way to follow up an episode about a cat than with an episode about a mouse. and welcome back to a brand new This Is Game Boy Light episodes. This time featuring only me, Mule. Um, yeah, like always, this is one of our in-between episodes between the bigger ones and uh, this time it's only me. And we're gonna talk about a little, maybe not that well-known game called Speedy Gonzales. But let's see first uh, what I have been Up to since the last recording which isn't much because we're recording these ones pretty close to each other like the Donkey Kong Land episode which is coming up will be recorded a few days later than this one so I doubt I will have uh, have played much Um, and just like last time I'm still suffering from the after effects of a cold, so my voice might sound a little bit more uh, grating or sexy if you would like to say it like that um, and I might be scraping my throat constantly or, or sniffling constantly which I hope Lex can edit out properly uh, but yeah I can get rid of this weird feeling in my throat and the right side of well no my right ear not the right side of my ear is still totally blocked so I can really hear anything which uh, makes your own voice sound weird in your head and then you, like, adjust your own voice according to that. And you speak either too loud or too soft. And I don't know. Like, that. that's why we have a, <laughs> someone who produces the episodes that can actually figure things out and make it sound, uh, hopefully... All right. But yeah, let's see what I've been uh, playing. Uh, I think I mentioned last time that I was going through the Castlevania GBA collection. For me, the PS4 version. Um, I finished Circle of the Moon and I finished Harmony of Dissonance. And I currently started on Area of Sorrow. I think I played like an hour and a half or something of it so far. Um, yeah, it's fun. Um, like the other ones, it's fun. Uh, but I thought I actually played this one. But I think it's a DS one that I played. I don't remember. Uh, this one looks familiar at least, but I don't remember anything from it anyways. But uh, yeah, those are great games. Everybody should play them. And especially now that the collection is out, grab it on whatever console or PC, I guess it's it's out on Steam as well. Uh, just grab it and play through those games. They are amazing. And hopefully, um, if this sells well, they will also do like a DS collection at some point. That would be... Really nice. Um, Besides that, I don't know if I mentioned this one last time, but I'm playing a little bit of Resident Evil Revelations 2. Not that far in yet, because I am quite busy lately, so I haven't had the time to just sit down and um, play something offline in this case. so, yeah, Resident Evil Revelations 2, having fun with it. Um, it's, of course, not the greatest Resident Evil game, but it, it has, Yeah, it, it's a fun action game, for sure. Um, I would definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't done so already. Um, it's also, like, very episodic because it, it actually got released um, in episodes when it first came out. But I have, like, the PS4 whatever it's called edition Um, And that just has all of it, plus DLC on it. So, yeah, it's fun. Uh, It's an interesting story, at least. It is not super scary or anything, but at least it has an interesting story. Um, And the big one I played was, of course, Metroid Dread. Um, Finished the game 100% uh, on a normal playthrough. Uh, I don't really care about doing hard mode or doing all the, like, quote-unquote speedrun challenges of it to only unlock um, some art, basically. That's that's all you get from doing that. But I've never been interested in playing like the hard mode, um, which only got introduced with Samus Returns, I believe. I don't think the older games have it. But yeah, I, I only want just to play the Metroid game, collect everything, and get to the end. And that's what I did. Uh, was a lot of fun. Um, there are a few things that I... Don't super like about the game. Like the Emmy parts. They. Feel. um, Annoying. Quite fast. Um, It's a good idea for sure. It's a fun idea. At the start. But after a while it just, uh, just doesn't feel right. I also feel like. The environment. Everything looks the same. Like each and every section just feels like it's the same eventually like there's not that much variation i I do like the way they are represented um like the the things that are going on in the background in every section are really really cool but nothing feels different enough to be like oh i'm in this area right now um but that doesn't take away from how good the game is or anything it's just Feels a little bit more samesy than it should be. And the last thing I don't really like is that some of the power-ups are, like, barely used at all in the game. Um, Like, I'm not going to spoil it for people who have played it. But there's one you get at the very start um, that I literally used three times throughout the entire game. And that was, like, when I got it and you have to use it basically to to make progress otherwise i just literally never used that thing at all uh but yeah i would definitely recommend metroid dread it's not my favorite of the bunch um i still like the older ones better not because of nostalgia or anything because i i didn't screw up with these games actually uh i only played metroid 2 for like what <laughs> 10 minutes when i was a kid or something so i i did play them all when i was older um but I feel like the atmosphere of the older games is a little bit better. Um, yeah. I, th- I think that's the the reason. Like, I, I like those ones a little better. But uh, again, this is a really good game. Um, I hope there will be more 2D Metroids in the future. No, we don't have to wait 20 years for, for a sequel like we had to do with this one. Um, but apparently the story is over. So I, I don't know if they will reboot or branch off or... Whatever they want to do, but looking forward to more 2D Metroid in the future, at least. Uh, but yeah, that's all I've been playing. Um, I don't have anything lined up, even, like, after Area of Sorrow and RE Revelations 2, I'm not really sure what I'm going to play. Um, but I have uh, a lot of games still on my shell that I haven't touched, so I'm sure I can find something. But yeah, anyways, uh, that's it. That's about it for... Uh, Or this little introduction, like always. So let's dive right into this episode's game, Speedy Gonzalez, right after this nice song. Be right back. Everybody hope you liked that Mexican styled song that we just played for you, which is of course from the game itself. So we're talking about Speedy Gonzales. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who Speedy Gonzales is, but just in case you don't, you never know. Uh, He is an animated cartoon character from Warner Brothers. who appeared in many Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies cartoons. Um, he is basically the fastest mouse in all of Mexico. Uh, so with, with traits like being able to run extremely fast, he speaks English with an exaggerated Mexican accent, uh, and he also says some lines in Spanish. Um, he's the little mouse with the yellow sombrero and the... Um, like a, a traditional older outfit uh, that was worn in Mexico by by men and boys of, of rural villages in Mexico. So it's just like a white short and trousers, nothing special. And he also has like a uh, red... It's not a tie, it's not a scarf. It's like a ribbon basically tied around his neck. Um, but yeah, there have been some minor appearance changes throughout the years of course but uh, he's still a very recognizable character. Um, Weirdly enough he's only been in 46 uh, shorts uh, which is not that much to be honest Um, and most of them are not like his shorts like If you know anything about the Looney Tunes and Merry Melodies series, like, usually a lot of different characters can show up in one cartoon depending on what it is. But, uh, yeah, unlike shorts like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, who had, like, a bazillion shorts, um, Speedy Gonzalez hasn't been in that many compared to those characters. But he's still one of the most well-known Looney Tunes characters, either way. Um, and actually, the first time he appeared on screen was in 1953, so uh, that's many, many years ago. And that was in the cartoon called Cat Tales for Two. Um, so, yeah. Let's take a look at what this game is all about, though. So uh, Speedy Gonzales for Game Boy got released uh, in July of 1993 in the US and in uh, just in 1993 in the EU. So that's probably August or September uh, or even the same month. Um, I, I still don't understand why... <laughs> Europe never has the month uh, associated with the release dates. It's, it's kind of weird, actually. Um, but it also came out in Japan in um, 1994 on April 29th, which is actually my birthday. Um, well, I was born in 87, but my birthday is on April 29th. And um, it came out as Soryuke Speedy Gonzales. And I think I looked it up, but I forgot to write it down. But Soryuke just means go. So, Go Speedy Gonzales, that's uh, that's a title. I also can't pronounce, it's Soryuke, okay, I think. Uh, again, I looked it up and I already forgot. Um, so, <laughs> the developer of this uh, this little gem here is a company called citizen software. And you probably have no idea who those people are. And neither did I. So I had to look it up. Um, So apparently it doesn't exist anymore under the name citizen software. Uh, Currently they are called David A. Palmer Productions and it's a computer software development company. Um, They actually made more hardware or yeah like they they help with the production of the Game Boy advance and more recently if you can call that recently with gamecube development so it's not really that they are uh making games or editing constantly it's more that they are involved with with how consoles work but they did have a few um, games that they released, uh, some for Game Boy, some for Game Boy Color and some for Game Boy Advance. Uh, But usually there are more software projects in music, in networking and working on the hardware for the development of a next generation of consoles, not only for Nintendo, but also for Microsoft and Sony. they are still around and they are based in Sheffield, England, uh, but let's take a quick look at some of the games they made. Um, it doesn't state what system they were on, but um, apparently they helped with, let's see here, um, with some Yogi Bear games. Uh, is there anything that people would recognize. Dennis the Menace, um, probably the Game Boy version, uh, and probably also the Super Nintendo version. Tasmania, uh, Gex Enter the Gecko and Gex 3. Um, I also see Earthworm Jim 2 here, um, and some sort of Doom port, even in 2001. But apparently the last game they worked on was in 2006 called Tringo. No idea what that is, but... Uh, yeah, there it is. <clears throat> uh, but most people will probably think that this game was developed by Sunsoft because it does have the Sunsoft logo on it, but they only published this game. Um, but Like many of the Looney Tunes games on Game Boy, They are all produced by Sunsoft, Um, and that's Looney Tunes games, not the Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle games, uh, for instance. That's a different licensing. Um, Sunsoft just had the license for Looney Tunes games, so there is isn't also a Looney Tunes games on Game Boy, and I think Tasmania also falls under the Looney Tunes... uh, How would you say it? Brand for Game Boy games. So, um, yeah, those are all published by Sunsoft, but not made by Sunsoft. As a composer this time around, we have Mark Cooksey, who's actually uncredited uh, in this game, but he did produce the soundtrack. And if you listen to some of our older episodes, you might have heard that name before. He was also responsible for the soundtracks of Dr. Franken and Dr. Franken 2. Just like in Dr. Franken, Cooksey has this uh, weird way of using publicly available songs and remixing them for the games. Like, if you remember from Dr. Franken, he used uh, Moonlight Sonata, which is public domain. And for this one, he used some very recognizable Mexican songs that are public domain. I don't know the the actual names of them but uh yeah it's 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 all recognizable songs but he made a new composition for them and extended them and put some more music into them so um yeah like always it's recognizable songs for sure uh but the soundtrack itself isn't that impressive in the end but It does what it needs to do Um, the songs fit the themes of the stages and um, you also have like some other recognizable songs like just the Looney Tunes theme and some other Speedy Gonzales related songs uh, put into this cartridge Um, you're probably wondering hey what uh, kind of genre is this game well it is a platformer and to be more specific if you ever wanted a sonic game on game boy that is not like a rom hack or something like that or a, or a homebrew well here you have it speedy gonzalez basically is the sonic game on game boy so keep that in mind while we are talking about the details of the game coming up here um of course the game needs a plot and it's it's a very heavy plot i don't know if everybody's ready for this but uh, this does not come from the manual but from the back of the box i could not find the manual sadly so uh, yeah this is the plot that is on the back of uh, of the cover at least Arriba, arriba, andale, andale. The world's fastest mouse must rescue his friends, all mouse napped by evil king rat. To pay the ransom, Speedy must collect as much cheese as he can. Guide Speedy through six treacherous territories, find helpful switches that turn fans on and off, blowing you to the next level. Get around the most difficult obstacles by using the incredible U loops to defy gravity and actually triple your speed. Prepare yourself for the ultimate cheese challenge. There you go. Yeah. Some things might sound familiar, right? Like, U loops, triple your speed, switches. Well, maybe not the switches, but... Yeah, so, <laughs> even reading the description of the game, it basically sounds like a Sony game. And honestly, that was the best thing they could have done with a Speedy Gonzalez game. Um, just looking at another game that's about going fast, because, well... Speedy Gonzalez goes fast, um, and maybe Sonic even got some inspiration out of Speedy Gonzales. Who knows, because he was around way earlier than Sonic was, for sure. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, this is basically what you would expect a Sonic game would be when you were playing it on a Game Boy. Um, of course, it is not as fast-going as the Genesis games. Um, I would say it's more related to the 8-bit versions of Sonic in this case, um, the ones that came out for Sega Master System, where everything is a little bit slower, but it still has the feel, the same feeling to it. Um, But just like Sonic 1, I would say, especially, um, the Genesis version, speed doesn't really matter that much in the end. Um, It's like the first level, like Green Hill Zone uh, on Sonic, where it's like, oh, wow, I can go super fast and I can jump over everything and, and, and the stage is over before I know it. But as soon as you come into Marble Zone, I believe, I'm not that well no uh, well knowledge about sonic sadly um as soon as you get into marble zone everything slows down you have to wait for platforms you have to press switches to open up pads to go on and on um things like that like the gameplay gets slowed down quite a lot after the first stage and i would say for this game from the start That's the case. Um, You can definitely see they got the inspiration of having to run fast to jump over gaps and things like that. But also, from the very start of the game, you need to find switches, turn them on or off to be able to continue. And you have to take your time because if you're going too fast, you will absolutely die um, because this game has a lot of pitfalls that you have to jump over and if you don't know that they are coming well you're dead you're a dead mouse Um, but yeah let's get into the gameplay a little bit uh, deeper Uh, the controls for this game are super simple Uh, the a button jumps Um, it feels like a very floaty game but it's also not very floaty at all and this is something hard to explain but Speedy Gonzalez jumps super high. Um, he basically jumps half the screen high. Um, and while he's doing that, the arc at which the jump goes is super floaty. Like it feels like it's in slow motion that it's happening, but it also feels correct in the engine of this game. Um, it doesn't feel like you don't have any control or it doesn't feel like it's too slow or anything. It just feels right. So they actually did that very well. Um, the D-pad, of course, moves you around and you have total control in the air where you go. It's, it's not a jump that is dedicated like in Castlevania, for example. You always have control uh, over how um, how Speedy moves, not only on the ground, but in the air, which is uh, which is really cool. Um, something they immediately thought of, and I'm glad they did, if you hold down, the camera pans downwards, so you can actually see what's beneath you, uh, in case you think there's like a pitfall or something, or spikes beneath you, or an enemy beneath you, you can just pan the camera down and you can see it. And unlike other games that use this technology, technique, whatever you want to call it, this goes very quickly. It's like immediately after you press down, the camera will start panning downwards. Um, And in other games, for some reason, they always make you wait for like a second and a half before that happens. Um, But that's really, really well thought of that they make it happen so fast. Because yes, this game is about going fast, quote-unquote, but not really. Uh, But it really helps with the flow of the game, for sure. Um, Speedy does not have any attacking capabilities whatsoever. So you cannot jump on enemies, you cannot throw cheese at them, or whatever else an attack uh, Speedy would have. Um, So... Everything in the stage is lethal to you and you can't do anything about it. The only time you can actually attack is during boss fights and then jumping on the head of the boss or the body of the boss is the way to actually deal damage. Um, One thing to keep in mind, if you hit a horizontal spring, just like in the Sonic games, you will speed up three times and you will need that technique to... Cross certain obstacles and gaps in your way. There are also springs, of course, that can launch you upwards and other things like that. But I'll talk a little bit more about stage-specific things when we go over the stages. Um, the game only has one sort of item, uh, which are the cheese wheels. Um, that honestly look more than uh, look more like crackers or something like round crackers than they do cheese because they're very flat they just look like they took the rings from sonic but filled them in and and put a few holes in them if that makes sense Um, so yeah i don't know why they went with that in my opinion it would have been better if they just uh replaced those things with like a slice of cheese like a triangle of cheese like a big one out of a wheel or something um, but I guess they wanted a little bit more animated items to to make sure it's it was uh, it was noticeable that it is an item and not just uh, something in the background uh, but these thing these <coughs> but these things absolutely do nothing um, they add to your score while you pick them up and after you finish the stage, it will tally up how many you got and you get some extra score, but they do not do anything else. Um, you would think that, oh, if I collect 100 of them, I will get an extra life, just like in Sonic or like in Mario if you get 100 coins, but nope, they don't do anything. You only get uh, score for it. Um, And speaking of those extra lives, there are no extra lives whatsoever in this game. Um, You start with three spare lives, unless you use a special password that gives you five lives at the start of the game. Um, But yeah, you start with three spare lives, and that is it. That's all you're getting. Um, Don't worry, though. Don't worry, though. You do have unlimited continues in this game if you run out of lives. And if you do continue, it will take you back to the exact same stage you were at. So um, you don't really have to worry about the lives. You can definitely make it through this stage with the four lives they give you. Um, and they also offer you passwords for each world you beat, so um, there's always a good way to come back to the game uh, in case you have to stop playing or anything. Um, there are passwords available, so. It's a very forgiving game. You don't have to worry about game overing and having to restart, um, which is a good thing because not only is this game a little bit hard the first time you play it, only the first time you play it because you don't know what is coming, but the first time you're playing it is also quite a lengthy game. Um, so the, the game is divided up into six worlds, and each of these worlds have three zones, And one boss fight so that's quite a lot of levels Um, but the thing is that the first time you're playing it as you still need to figure out what to do to get through the stages it will take you quite a while to get through it Um, I believe the first time that I played this game it took me like two and a half hours to beat it Um, and the time after that it only took me an hour or something so that shows you how the game is set up a little bit if you want to play it yourself. Uh, but again, that's where those passwords come in handy. If you don't have the time to play it in one go, at least you can take a break uh, in between worlds or something like that. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's go over each world, I guess. Um, something to keep in mind for the worlds or the stages is there are these plaques with a question mark on them spread throughout the stages. Sometimes they are used for opening up the way to the next area. Um, But there are also checkpoints. But I'm not exactly sure if each of them is a checkpoint. Um, It's kind of weird. It's like, I was testing it out by killing myself after hitting each one. And and sometimes it does give you a checkpoint and sometimes it doesn't. So um, you can't tell the difference, at least. But uh, yeah, at least... The stages themselves also have checkpoints, so you never have to do an entire stage again, if you happen to die. Anyways, the game starts off in the ice zone, which is a weird uh, choice. Um, You would think an ice zone would be later in the game, Uh, but luckily, the ice zone doesn't have any ice physics. Um, It's the same physics as every other stage, it's just themed after like an arctic zone. Um, So yeah, the Things they introduce you to is flipping switches to turn off fans. Uh, those are the boards with a question mark on them, like I mentioned. Um, there are these fans that block you from progressing. You have to find the switch to turn it off so you can continue. Um, there's also these horizontal springs that you will need to gain the extra speed to go through ice walls and to jump over large gaps. Um, and the normal springs in this case that that shoot you upwards are penguins because of course we are in an arctic zone or and ant- where are the penguins again whatever you're in the eye zone, so, so they're penguins <laughs> but yeah like i said uh the world consists of three zones so the first two zones are in this case the most lengthy one and the final one is more of like a quote-unquote speed run challenge level that f- flies by uh before you even know it. Uh, But at the end of the ice zone, you will face off against the boss. And in this case, this is a walrus. Uh, You fight him on an ice block in the middle of the sea. Um, So you have to, of course, avoid falling off the ice block. And like I mentioned earlier, this is the only time Speedy Gonzalez actually has an attack. So you have to jump on its head a few times in order to defeat it. Um, There are some more mechanics to the bosses but i'm not gonna spoil them for you um, not gonna go step by step to defeat them it's simple enough it's it's not a hard game okay <laughs> in this case so you can figure it out but yeah all of the bosses have this mechanic you have to get used to for sure um going out from the ice zone we dive right into mexico zone like i never knew like Right next to Mexico, there was an ice but I mean, the more you know, right? Um, So yeah, this takes place in the outskirts of the city, in caves underneath the city, and in the city of Mexico itself. Um, Here, it's more of a waiting game because there's a lot of platforms that are floating around that you need to wait on. Um, And you definitely need to find okay hidden switches here uh, to open up new paths to progress. thing that introduces definitely in the mexico zone is that you go on a path you get to a dead end there's a switch there then you have to backtrack quite a lot uh, to be able to find the way you just opened up so um That makes these stages a little bit more lengthy than they should be because of all of the backtracking. But yeah, that's pretty much all the new stuff Mexico Zone introduces. And at the end, you will uh, face off against... I looked this up and they said this boss is a matador. I think it's just like... Like a Mexican, basically. Like, I I can't really say much more of it. Like, a matador is, is... isn't the Matador someone who fights bulls? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know where that comes from, but let's call him the Matador, um, and this uh, <clears throat> this fight takes place on a train roof. So again, jump on the guy to defeat him, and you're good to go into the next zone. So next up we have the forest zone. Um, They introduce bouncing on mushrooms, traveling through tree trunks that like quote unquote teleport you, but not really. Uh, But they do introduce a new hazard here, which is the conveyor tiles. So they can push you backwards or push you forward. So you have to keep that in mind so you don't get pushed into the water. Uh, during these stages. Um, After three zones, again, you get into the boss fight, and in this case, that would be the ape. Uh, The ape, you fight uh, on a bridge over a waterfall, and there are also spikes on the ceiling, so you have to be very careful with your jumps here for sure, but I'm sure you will be fine. Going out of the forest, we head into the desert zone. Uh, The desert zone introduces some good old Indiana Jones ball traps, where you press a switch and suddenly an iron ball is chasing you. And it also has platforms you can move yourself with switches that go left and right. And you have to position these in a certain way to be able to cross certain gaps. Um, After going through the entire desert zone and the pyramids and whatnot, you will come across the boss, which, drum roll it's not a mummy but actually a vulture um, I don't I don't think there's vultures in Egypt no I know there are desert creatures but I don't think there are any vultures in Egypt but I might be completely wrong um, I'm not a, a a bird person what is it called again I don't know uh, is it or, ornithologist whatever uh, not a bird person so I, I don't really know where <laughs> where vultures reside um, But yeah, you face off against a vulture, it's just on a plane, he's in a tree, you need to hit him on the head. Very simple, very good, moving on. Um, Going out of the desert, you of course come across the country zone. Um, And we don't mean country as in like the, the music genre, but basically like vast plains and things like that. That's what the the country zone is all about. Um, And this one doesn't really offer anything new compared to earlier stages at all. Uh, It kind of goes back into the format of Mexico zone where there's a lot of backtracking to open up new paths. But besides that, it's basically more of the same, but in a new setting. So there you go. Um, At the end of the country zone, you run into some kind of huge hedgehog thing as a boss i'm not really sure what it's supposed to represent Uh, but you fight this guy on a raft in the middle of a river Uh, so it's basically kind of a repeat of the walrus fight Uh, you have to be careful not to fall off the platform while fighting the boss but yeah after the country zone finally we're going into the final world of the game which is the cheese island zone. Um, Again, this doesn't introduce anything new. This is actually the most straightforward out of all the stages. There are no switch puzzles to solve to uh, to move ahead, although you can hit some switches that take you to an alternate path. But basically what this stage introduces is crushers like the good old uh, squishy things that want to that come out of the ceiling and want to squish you <laughs> on the floor but yeah besides that it's it's nothing new again it has a few enemies just like in all the other stages that you need to avoid have to avoid the crushers but this is a very simple zone it's a very quick zone you can get through um, and before you know it you will be at the final boss which is king Red. Uh king Rat does offer something kind of new and does have like a great thing at the end that if you don't know it's coming might uh, actually kill you uh, i'm not gonna spoil what it is but uh, i think this is a a well-done last boss fight even though it's literally the same as all of the other boss fights so yeah that's basically what speedy gonzalez has to offer you um i'm sure listening to me explain it it All sounds very familiar, very grounded for a platformer, maybe very grounded for like a Sonic type of game. You can definitely imagine what you uh, will be up against when playing this game. And yes, sadly, it is a very mediocre platforming game, but that doesn't mean it's not a good game at least. Uh, But don't expect anything groundbreaking from this game. Um, And if you have ever played the Looney Tunes game, where you also play as Speedy Gonzalez, don't worry. Um, He doesn't move as um, erratic as the one in Looney Tunes does. Uh, If you ever played the Looney Tunes game, when you get the chance to play as Speedy Gonzalez, he's so hard to control because he's so fast that you just constantly die. Uh, but that is not the case at all in this game. Um, they knew what they were making, they knew how to make a Sonic style game work on a Game Boy game. Um, so you have plenty of time to react. There are some jumps and things like that that you just don't know. That you have to do the first time you get around them but again these stages are not very long you have enough lives and continues unlimited continues to keep on trying and after a while you will definitely be able to get through this game um, so yeah if you're looking for a quite lengthy platforming game um, with with some fun music to keep you entertained for an hour or two definitely Uh, Go play some Speedy Gonzales and hey, maybe tell me what you think uh, if you've uh, played it, so yeah Um, Let's uh, let's take a closer look at the cover art real quick Um, Super simple, but I do like this box. Uh, We all know how the Game Boy boxes look like so they basically made the entire box like a cheese and uh, what, at the front in one of the holes, Speedy Gonzales pops out with a little slice of cheese and you just have Speedy Gonzales, the logo on the top of it. Uh, it also mentions the Looney Tunes brand uh, in the bottom and the Sunsoft logo is also at the bottom of the screen. But yeah, this is a cool box if you have it because it's it's not just the color yellow, it actually looks like a cheese if you turn it around. So. Um if you have it on your shelf, it looks like you have you have a square cheese piece or something uh on your sh- your shelf and I think that's a very brilliant idea to do this um and yeah, it doesn't need anything more than that. you see Speedy Gonzalez on the cover, which is what the game is about um everybody recognizes the character, so why wouldn't they pick it up um yeah, there aren't that many like yellow covers uh besides so maybe donkey kong land is that a yellow cover i don't remember we we will talk about that uh in the next episode um but yeah i as simple as this cover art is it works it it just works um but yeah it's, it's nothing groundbreaking either uh but yeah if you would like a block of cheese on your che- on your shelf that you can play uh, on your game boy <laughs> go crap, a complete in box copy of uh of Speedy Gonzales. Um some trivia. Um this is a weird thing to talk about because like we never get like quote unquote political I guess uh in our episodes because that's not what we're about. But um I think this is something to address for sure like real quick. Um Speedy Gonzalez of course is a character that kinda Does a stereotypical thing for Mexican people and um, the past few years all of these stereotypes have been in the media as being bad and things like that and a few of the Looney Tunes characters in general have been either adapted um, or even scrapped completely because of that For example, Yosemite Sam doesn't have any guns anymore. Elmer Fudd doesn't have any guns anymore because it's considered too violent. Uh, Pepe Le Pew has basically been cancelled as... Even though it was never meant to be like that, it's like... Not abusing women, but like bothering women constantly, trying to get his way with it. So that's something like... That isn't accepted anymore. Um, but you could say the same about Speedy Gonzalez that uh, he might represent like a wrong visage, visage, vision, a wrong way to look at uh, at a certain culture. Um, and that's something that that actually happened within Cartoon Network when uh, when they got the rights to the Looney Tunes car- uh, cartoons and things like that. Um, they thought. Speedy Gonzalez was presented as an offensive Mexican stereotype. And that's why since nine... Well, not since. From 1999 until like 2002 or something, um, they did not air these uh, cartoons at all. Um, But despite, despite that the company responsible... Or wait. Despite them thinking that it was such a problem. Uh, Speedy Gonzalez is actually one of the most popular characters in Latin America. And many Hispanic people actually remember him fondly as a quick-witted heroic Mexican um, who always gets the best of his opponents. And at that time, uh, depictions of Latin Americans were basically not that at all. So... um, even though we might think that this is uh, a racist character, a, a, an offensive character, actually the Hispanic American community um, considers this character as a cultural icon. Um, and they they really love Speedy Gonzalez. They think he's actually a good representation of the culture. So um, yeah, it's just nice to see that the actual people who the character depicts actually also like him. And they, they don't consider him uh, offensive at all. And I'm glad that's the case. Because it is a fun character even though he hasn't appeared in that many uh, cartoons over the years. Um, but I'm pretty sure like they were meant to not include him in Space Jam 2. But because uh, the Latin American or Hispanic American community loves him so much they decided to put him in after all. And there's a new movie uh, coming soon, um, which uh, which is all about Speedy Gonzales. So that's really cool. Um, not looking at the, <laughs> at what the movie's gonna be about because Looney Tunes hasn't been that great in recent years. But uh, I'm glad they still have him around. That they that they didn't get rid of it, because I always liked the character myself as well. Um, I think he's a very, very fun character. One of the best, actually, when it comes to Looney Tunes. All right, with that side tangent, uh, let's uh, take a look really quick at the general reception of this game. Um, It got actually some pretty decent reviews and scoring around the board, um, even to this day. Um, Let's just say it has, like... 7 out of 10 score in general, which is alright, like again, like I said before, it's not a groundbreaking game at all, Um, it just does what it needs to do well, I wouldn't say perfect, I'm just gonna say well, Um, and it seems like people really enjoyed playing this game, so um, I hope everybody who listens to the episode and hasn't played this game yet will enjoy the game as well um so some of my history with this game um i do remember borrowing this game from a friend when i was younger i didn't actually have a copy myself um and yeah i enjoyed it um it took me a while to beat it because again this is a pretty lengthy game the first time around you play it um but i could also feel like compared to some other platforms that i played on game Boy, that this was very mediocre at best um and there, there are better games to play for Game Boy, um, but somehow it stayed with me. Um, the game definitely stayed with me, because um, I'm sure there are a lot of games I played as a kid that I just don't remember anymore. But this one always did uh, come back into my mind after some time. And I didn't have it myself, so I couldn't replay it um, until I discovered emulators and things like that, of course. Uh, but yeah. Um, if I can look back at it and remember it as being quite okay to play, um, I'm sure everybody can, can get into this game. Also taking a very short look at the speed running of this, there, there isn't that much going on with it. I think there's three runs or something on the leaderboard, but I must say like the, the first place does it in like around 30 minutes, I believe. So you can actually go pretty fast in this game. But uh, compared to other platforms, 30 minutes is quite long still for a speed run. Uh, but yeah, there are some things you can do to speed this game up um, and I watched their run and there are definitely moments that can be improved upon. So if you have any interest in uh, running the game, there you go. That's the one where you can definitely, definitely uh, get some improvements in uh, anyways. That's about all I have to say about this game. Uh, Let's dive into another sweet Mark Cooksey song from this game. And I'll be back after the break. back everybody hope you enjoyed uh, this uh, little musical interlude yes um yeah something i never talk about are the community events related to game boy uh, if there are any but now i do have one to talk to you about uh because i organize it so um yeah this episode comes out right after the announcement or the reveal of tiny ten twelve um uh, which is of course a Speed running marathon race where people played through 10 Game Boy games. Um, and that will be held on the, oh man, I should make notes better. Yes. <laughs> uh, it will be held on the 20th of November at 1 p.m. I think it's EDT by that point. Uh, otherwise it's EST. Uh, but yeah, at 1 p.m for sure um, and let me just go over the 10 games that will be on that list um, so for this year's 10 tiny 10 uh, we kind of went with a team and that team is uh, night at the movies so we picked a bunch of games that are basically uh, tied to the movies that got released during that time so um, we're starting off with mighty morphing power rangers the movie Uh, Then we go to Dennis the Menace, Wayne's World, Home Alone 2, True Lies, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Last Action Hero, Hudson Hawk, Gremlins 2 The New Batch, and we are finishing off with a game that has been requested for many years now, we're finishing it off with Alien 3. so, yeah, if you're interested in participating, you can head over to the Retro Gaming Live TV Discord. Uh, you can also find more information on um, on the website, gbrunners.com uh, slash tiny... Well, just go to gbrunners.com. There's a link to the correct page because it's going to be slash tiny-10-12 probably. Um So yeah, you can find more information on there, or if you just want to watch it, uh, watch the race going. Again, it will be held on November 20th at 1 p.m. over at the Retro Gaming Live TV channel on Twitch. So um, yeah, hey, (laughs) after all these years, I I finally talked about a community event myself. Oh, wow. (laughs) Imagine that. Um, Yeah, listener questions. We don't have any, so I can just skip that and go right to our outro. Uh, So yeah, like always, thank you all for listening. If you have any thoughts and suggestions about this episode, about our episodes in general or anything else, um, you can, of course, contact us in many different ways. You can you can find me on Goddammit! Sorry, my throat. <clears> throat. You can find me on the Twitch, the Twitter, and the YouTube all slash Moola, which is written M-O-E-L-L-E-U-H. Um, oh yeah, I also have an Instagram. I forgot to mention that one. Or you can find me, of course, on our Discord. Um, there, it's just Moola. Uh, you can find my co-host, who is of course not around here today, on the Twitch on the Twitter, on the YouTube, on the Instagram, and I think on the TikTok as well, uh, all under, uh, Eat bloody candy. And you can find our lovely producer Lex on the Twitch as sprinting Lex, on the Twitter as sprinting Lex, on the YouTube as Lex and also on her own project website, sprintinglex.com. Um, if you do not like typing things into whatever you're using, you can just visit This is Gameboy.com, where you can find links to all of these socials and whatever project pages we have, just uh, little icons there. You can click on, and it will take you right to where you need to be. Um, Also to our Discord, actually. There's also one for that. Um, If you want to support the podcast, there are many ways to do that. The cheapest one, actually free one, is by, like, common commenting 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 yes that's a word commenting absolutely (laughs) by leaving a comment or a review um, on whatever you are using to listen to this podcast could be on soundcloud itself could be on apple podcasts uh, one of our rss feeds that get picked up by many other podcast applications out there just leave a review a rating a comment things like that that will make us get higher in the rankings of uh entertainment podcasts i guess this is called i don't know um we don't really have like a quote-unquote team well we have a team but we don't have like a category that's that's what i'm trying to say but i guess it's entertainment video games or something (laughs) like that um everybody uses their own system um but if you want to support us uh, with your money. There is a way to do that. Actually. Um, If you just want to give us a donation, we have a paypal.me link that is available. Of course, again, on our website, otherwise it's just paypal.me slash this is Gameboy, simple enough. Um, So if you just want to give us a donation, you can do that through there. But we also of course have our Patreon available for you. which is, of course, the monthly subscription-based support that you can do. And we just uh, we just did some changes that we talked about a few times already. Uh, me and EBC were doing a little side project in the back, um, which we finally finally got around to releasing. Um, it is called Haunt Hunters. Yes, haunt Haunt hunters. Uh, So this is a little side project where we do a let's play channel. Basically let's play videos of me and EBC playing through some spoopy games. Um, what does this mean for Patreon? Um, currently whenever you become a patron, you will have early access to the playlist on YouTube for, for the videos. Uh, if you're interested in that of course and uh after a while the episodes will get publicly released um we always mention this on our discord at least we put everything in there but we will also be um putting it on our twitter Our this is gameboy twitter um so that you know what is up uh, all these episodes are on e bloody candies YouTube channel, so you can go check it out through there if you want The Currently publicly released, we have um, God's Basement, which we play through and also currently for Patreon exclusive, we have Silent Hill Origins and more are coming up very shortly. Uh, but yeah, if you support us through Patreon, you get ac- early access to those episodes. Uh, you get access to our episode notes, for the podcast and you get access to special channels in our discord where there's like behind the scenes stuff that you wouldn't normally be able to access. Um, If you do want to support us through PayPal, let us know who you are in our discord so we can also give you like access to uh, these special channels that you otherwise wouldn't be able to see. Um, Yeah, I think that's about it. I might've forgotten something if I did. Again, you can find all of this information on our website. This is gameboy.com. So just go and look there if you need any more information. Anyways, with that, that is all I can say about uh, the podcast in general and about Speedy Gonzales. Hope you people have a wonderful Halloween uh, celebration, however you want to do that. And me and EBC will be back again in uh, around two weeks. With our new episode about Donkey Kong Lands. Ta ta! Um well, somehow my screen just turned off here. Uh, <laughs> while I was recording this, so I hope I'm still recording. Uh, all my text apparently is gone though, so I don't know what's going on. So um, so give me a minute while I'll solve this out.